Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. Hope your week has been amazing. Um, Faith is such an important topic to our life. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so faith for all of us, getting an understanding of faith is such an important thing. When I was a teenager, and you know, we've been in this church since I was... uh, 13 years old, but when I was a teenager, I'd hear the, the, the teachings on sowing and uh, giving and receiving. And in my mind, I had this skewed idea of what faith was, that faith was like this uh, thermometer that I had to fill up to 100. And when I got up to 100, then I would receive what God had for me. But if there was any doubt that came in, then my faith was at like an 80 or a 90. So it was almost like, it's almost like I saw it as like bench pressing, like I could just squeeze this this weight up to the to its height. If it reached its height, then I would have it. When I actually had a moment where I actually believed God's word, I would have it. But faith is a living thing on the inside of us. So the the um, the subject, uh, the title today is going to be called "Faith is Sight." Uh, uh, when I was teaching um, in the faith class uh, earlier this year, one of the topics that I talked about was. Uh, you know, they say when you define something, the definition, a lot of ways that you can define something is telling what it's not. You tell what it is and you tell what it's not. And so faith, I said faith, uh, the opposite of faith is not doubt or unbelief. The opposite of faith is sight. Uh, when we see Jesus, we won't need faith anymore because we'll see him, right? So when he was talking to doubting Thomas, he said, here, put your hand in my side, touch the holes in my hands. Um, Blessed are those who don't see and yet believe, because that's called faith, right? Uh, we don't need to, we don't see to believe, that's just sight. So the opposite of faith is sight, but faith, this one is called faith is sight. Faith is an actual sight of your inner man. And this is such an important thing to grasp, so I'm going to break it down a little bit here, and, and uh, I know it'll help you in when you're believing um, uh, for, for what you're believing God for. So if Hebrews 11, chapter 3 says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So when we look at that word framed, what do you think of? You think of a picture frame. So the worlds were framed by the word of God. So when God spoke, there was no light, right? So he spoke, let there be light, and he framed them. And then uh, the, the what he spoke was was brought forth. And so in the same way, God used his imagination. God was creating after an image that he already had in his heart. Faith was a, Faith is the same thing for us. We can create on this earth th- through the image of what we get in our spirit. Faith is not something that, uh, faith is not, oh, I, I just, I'm, I'm, well, this, the word of God says this, I read the word of God, I confess it, and then I get it. Faith is actually a sight of your spirit that latches onto something and gets a clear picture of what God has for us before we actually receive it. Faith receives it on the inside before we receive it in the natural. And you do that by using your imagination. That word imagination is kind of an interesting one. I think I've talked about it in the past, but the word imagination in the Greek is actually the same word as conception or womb. It's the same word as, uh, as frame. It's that same word. God framed the world with his words. And so God uh, obviously doesn't need faith in himself. He's God. So the way it works for him is different. But he set up a frame. He had a picture in his, in his imagination, which is in his heart. He had a picture in his imagination of what was coming, and he spoke it out. So the worlds were framed by what he said. He set the frame. He set the borders of the world by his words. And it's the same for us. 
when we were coming over to this country, for many of you know, I was born in South Africa. We tried to move to this country when I was um, six months old. We moved here. My father got sick. We moved back. Uh, we um, were back in South Africa, and then we started to believe God to come to America. So we started asking. We knew it was God's will that we were in, to be in this country, and we started asking God. And what my mom would have us do is every night before bed, I think it was every night, but every night we would um, she would call us into her room and we would lay down on our bed and we would, it was every night before bed, we'd lay down on our bed and we would imagine ourselves going to America. And the three of us would lay there, eyes closed, and we would talk about America. Okay, what are you doing? I'm um, getting on the plane. What are you wearing? Well, on the plane, I got my red shorts on and my blue t-shirt with the stripes. Okay, what else do you have? Well, I have my fanny pack. This was back when you, we were too young to know that fanny packs weren't cool before they were cool again, right? They're cool again now. Um, I got my fanny pack. What's in the fanny pack? I got my GI Joes. I got my, uh, my yellow and black GI Joe. And I've got the other GI Joe. That's my favorite. And then I've got my super powerful magnet. Cause you know, as a kid, you've got like your favorite things. I found this magnet when I was at school and it was like this magnet that was so strong. You could hold it in your hand, but it was so strong that it could magnetize other things. The pull was so strong, right? So I had this magnet. And so we would get this picture. Okay, um, so now we're seated on the plane. The plane's taken off. Timothy, what are, you, what are you eating? Well, I'm eating steak and uh, potatoes, and I don't want any broccoli, but for dessert, there's ice cream and there's cake. And so, you know, you don't know that when you're going to fly that they're not going to feed, they're going to feed you like a, some weird chicken that's like cold in the middle and, and boiling hot on the outside that they've microwaved, right? So you don't understand that as a child. But we would get this picture of like step by step what was going to happen. We used our imagination to see what was happening. We spent hours, we spent more time imagining the flight than we actually did on that long, you know, 16 hour flight from the from South Africa to the U.S., and so we, that's what faith is. Faith actually begins to get a picture. I'm going to read to you from, again, Hebrews 11. It says, verse uh, 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. How do you see something afar off? You see it through your imagination. You get a picture in your heart. What is it that you're believing God for? What does that picture look like? If it's an amount of money, hey, I want to buy, you know, I want to buy my loved one this gift. Well, imagine yourself. Take time. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself walking into the store, picking it up off the shelf walking over to the counters, taking out your stack of hundreds, putting them down one by one. What are you wearing when you go to the store to buy it? Are you wearing your black jeans? Are you wearing your blue jeans? What sneakers are you wearing? Get a vivid picture. For me, before I started in the ministry, my last year in sales, I was at, on a daily basis imagining myself preaching. I'd actually imagine myself preaching here at the river at Tampa Bay, and I didn't think it would actually come to pass this quickly as like ministering here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, but I imagined myself ministering, calling people out, having a, a word of knowledge for them, a word of wisdom from the Lord, having something, a prophecy for them. And seeing that, and I would spend time imagining that every day I would see myself preaching, seeing people. I, I imagine myself laying hands on the sick and seeing them get better, coming out of wheelchairs, spending time getting a clear picture. Hebrews 11.1, 1, if I ask somebody without fail, what is faith? They're going to say, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Well, what does that mean? But that's actually what it is. It's a substance, things that you can't see, but it becomes the sight of your spirit. 
This is faith on the inside of you. It becomes so real to me that if, if you've got sickness and disease in your life, see yourself free of that sickness. See yourself running. If, you're, if you don't have use of your legs, see yourself running. Imagine yourself playing every day. Imagine yourself uh, doing something that you couldn't do. See yourself in the future. The verse 15 says, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they may have had opportunity to return it. What are you mindful of? If you spend all your days, you know, people who are faithless or people who just think about the circumstance and they even spend time imagining, they use your imagination to, to imagine the worst case scenario. These are people who have more faith in, in the fact that they're not going to be provided for than they do in God. Faith is believing that God said he would do it. You know, I want to encourage you with this when it comes to finances. The Bible says, you know, when you gave your heart to the Lord, the Lord, he took you seriously. There's no one. The Bible says there's no one that he would cast out. If someone comes to God humbly and says, Lord, I repent. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. You gave the Lord your life. He becomes the one who provides for you. So this doesn't mean you can sit and not work. But if you're in a place that you need provision and you're doing everything you can, God will find a way to provide for you. Part of that is being a tither, but God will find a way to provide for you. It's part of what he does as a father. It's part of his duty. He didn't say, okay, I'll take your soul, but I don't want to take care of anything else. You're on your own. He will provide for you. That's who he is. Jehovah Jireh. He can't deny himself. You can rest easy knowing that as, as if you're faithful and you do what the Bible says, you're a, a sower of seed, you're a tither. The Bible says, prove me in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. But get a picture of yourself living in abundance. Before we moved into the house that we moved into, we did the same thing. We were living here in the U.S. in a small apartment and we started imagining the house and Tim would describe it. It's a two-story house. It's got a brick exterior you know, uh, the bedrooms off a corridor and he imagined and, and everything that he imagined we got, I think there may have been like a trap room that maybe we didn't get in the house, like a secret trap room that was like an underground lair. You don't really have basements in Florida because of the water table. So maybe there was some things there that we didn't get exactly, but, but getting a clear picture of, of what it is. Verse 27, I'm going to skip ahead here. Verse 27 says, this was Moses by faith. He forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. How do you see someone who's invisible? You see him in your imagination. He had a picture of Jesus. The clearer picture that you can get of you standing before God one day and him saying, him, him standing before you. There's, the Bible actually says that Jesus will present you to the Father. So imagine this, your life on earth comes to an end whether it's after a long life, whether it's by the rapture. If it's by the rapture, the Bible says we'll be caught up to meet him in the clouds. So imagine you're sitting there right where you are, standing there right where you are, and the rapture happens. And then all of a sudden you get shot up through the air. And you're like, man, seeing the, the coolest view of the city of Tampa, wherever you are, you've ever seen. All the way up, 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 up. And then you're in the clouds. And what do you see? You see a ton of people. But what do you see? The brightest person on all of them, Jesus himself standing there. And you caught it to meet him in the air. And then we go to heaven and there's a feast. The clearer picture that you can get, man, it's easy to live without sin when you're looking forward to something like that. But faith is there. Faith is the sight of your spirit that latches a hold to the promises of God. It says these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having, a, having seen them afar off. How do you see a promise? You get a clear picture of what it looks like. Maybe it's the new house. Take time. Part of your faith is you taking time. What does that house look like? Imagine yourself walking around the room. What decorations are you going to put in there? 
What do you believe in the Lord for? That car. What car is it? Be specific. Lord, I want a car. Okay, well, what car do you want? If, if I said to my son, he turned 16, right? This is make-believe. I'm, I'm, I'm 32. I don't have a 16-year-old. Um, all right, son, you're 16. I want to buy you. Uh, I'm going to buy you a car. He's like, that's awesome, dad. I really want a car. And I'm like, uh, well, what car do you want? He's like, um, well, I haven't decided. Like, okay, decide what car you want and I'll buy it for you. And then a week later he comes to me and he's like, dad, I thought you were going to buy me a car. Didn't you buy me a car? Are are, are you still going to do that? And I'm like, son, I'm going to buy you a car. I told you, but you have to decide which one you want. Which one do you want? He's like, well, I haven't decided yet. I'm like, okay, decide which one, decide what color, what make, what model, decide which one you want. And I'll buy it for you. And then he's like, okay, I'll decide. And then a week later, dad, did you buy me a car yet? You still haven't decided. You got to make up your mind. Be specific with the Lord. Be specific with him. Hey, this is what I'm, this is what I'm after. Lord, I want something that's good on gas mileage. I want something that has a big fuel tank. I want something that's terrible on gas mileage, but has a huge, uh, uh, bed in the back that I can help people move every weekend, whatever it is that you're looking for and get, and get specific and get a picture in your heart. I did the same thing with my, with my wife. I wrote out the things that I was believing the Lord for in a wife. I didn't know what she looked like. I didn't know what color hair she had, but I knew she was a virtuous woman. She was full of faith. She was a woman who worshiped, who praised. She was a woman who wasn't lazy. She worked hard. Uh, she, uh, she was a woman. I wanted someone, I had actually given up on the worship leader part of it. Cause I thought, well, I'm going to be a preacher in my, in my teenage years. It's like, I'm going to be a preacher. She'll, she'll be a worship leader. Then I thought, nah, that's silly. So I gave up on that, but the Lord gave me that too. But I started to develop this picture, what she looks like, not someone who gossips, not someone who talks about people behind their back. And I got this picture and I would rejoice and praise the Lord over this. And it actually became to, came to refresh me. Your sight of faith, the seeing of your heart, the understanding that God's word is true and getting a clear picture of what it looks like is how you get this substance in your spirit that God has promised. And so people can say, well, you know, you don't have it yet. And you're like, you, you may not see it, but I've already got it. I've been had had it in my spirit. The Bible says that I see it. Faith is, our worlds are framed by the words of God. So if you notice there, and I'm going to jump back as we finish up here in verse 15, It says, um, actually verse 13, it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but what? But having seen them afar off. So number one is you see them and says, and we're persuaded of them. Once you see it and you begin to see it, you become so persuaded. No one can tell me, no one could tell me that I wouldn't be preaching the gospel. I was so persuaded. I had a clear picture. I've been persuaded of them. It says, and then I've embraced them. And then you learn to love it. And that's where we talked about the word that uh, in Jeremiah 15 that says, I ate your word and they became the joy and the delight of my heart. You take the word of God that says, he, he, it says he'll guide all your steps, that says he'll provide all your needs. And you let that picture in your heart become, become the joy of your heart. You embrace them, it says, and then confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So number one, you see the promise. And then it says, uh, you see it afar off. You're persuaded of it. You embrace it. And then you confess that you, you confess it. Man, it's mine. Lord, I thank you for it. I begin to praise you right now. I thank you that it's provided. Every need is met. Lord, that gift that I want to get from my loved one, it's met in Jesus' name. Lord, I glorify you. And this joy wells up on the inside of you. 
And that's how you are in faith. And then the devil comes, like Krista said, every bit of your faith, it's always for your faith to be real faith. It has to be proven. So there has to come a time where it's like tested, right? Things look like they're not going to happen. And then you say, you know what? I just believe God's word. Everyone else is lying to me. God can't lie to me. God is not a man that he should lie. He's never failed. He's not letting me down. Hey, it's impossible. This isn't some CEO that promised me this. This is God of heaven and earth. That's what faith is. Faith is the sight of our spirit. Faith is our the conception. Faith is the womb of the spirit where the promises grow. Faith is how you get the promise from heaven down to earth. In heaven, there's gold and the streets are made of gold. But your faith is how you connect. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already provided for. That vehicle that you need, that, that spouse that you need, it's already provided for. But you get a picture in your heart you get a picture and you get a clear picture and you begin to embrace it and love it and speak it like we did laying there as kids. I see myself, uh, we're at Disney World now. We got our fanny packs on again and uh, America was all Disney World to us, but we get a clear picture and we spent time doing it. This will, ref- I promise you, this will refresh your life. If, you, if you're feeling worn out by your faith, it's, you're, you're carrying it, which means it's not faith. It's something, it's a burden. Faith leads to rest, says Hebrews 4. Rest. It allows you to rest and be worry-free and sorrow-free. Man, I don't worry about nothing. God said he'd take care of me. He said be anxious for nothing. That's what, that's what it's all about is growing in faith, learning how to please God, obtaining the promises here on this earth. Man, we're going to get to heaven. Let's not leave, leave anything on the table that God promised us. I love you. Uh, reach out if these podcasts have helped you. Message us on Instagram uh, or social media. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.